Chapter 29 Behold, the mortal head wound. The emperor and his entourage embarked upon a voyage on the Medina Sea via imperial submarine. They surfaced on the Tiherian Sea and made their way to Rome by armored convoy to meet the world's military commanders. In Rome, the commanders swore their fealty, confirmed troop strength, and discussed tactics for the imminent invasion. Rome became a hub of supplies for the European command. Weapons and equipment were sent there for the commanders to harden their positions on their home fronts. Right now, we need to buy time, the emperor told the ranking military elites. As they assembled at the table, stealth is key, he insisted. How long do you want us to hide, your excellency? The beautiful blonde woman with a cloth eye patch asked. Her face had speckled scars from fragmentation. She saw a lot of action, survived, and earned her position at his table. Until we determine the vulnerabilities of the enemy and devise a plan to destroy them, he said into her good eye. I'm open for ideas. If any, if you have any, share them, he insisted. We should have... In- we should have investigated the claims of the prophets and rolled out our defenses sooner. She was in the interrupted. Do not, he screamed before lowering his tone. Waste our precious time discussing what we should have done. He scolded the commander, then addressed the room. Any repeats of this offense will result in your immediate removal from my council. Am I clear, he asked. They nodded in agreement. Looks like this meeting is adjourned, he said coldly, before exiting the room of the the conference room. The commanders arose to their feet and stood at attention as the emperor made his exit. The imperial supreme commander headed east to meet with the armies from the provinces of Asia. His entourage made their way to Berlin by way of armored combat utility vehicle. In Berlin, they boarded a private imperial train to Neo-Moscow, the biggest megacity in Russia. They met more military commanders before arriving in Beijing. The armies of Asia made up the bulk of the empire's fighting force. The provinces of Asia were densely populated and experienced the most human sufferings under the plagues and peril. There were constant revolts for water and food. The emperor arrived bearing gifts of weapons, ammo, and supplies for the needy. Upon receiving the Asian commander's pledge of fealty, the unified command of the First World Empire seemed invincible. Asriel and his commandos broke the defying armies of the world to pieces. All the human resistance were utterly destroyed with swift, cruel violence of action. The Eastern Empires led the charge of trying and executed convicted Christians. The Great Wall of China was cluttered with crosses of Christians and their supporters. How many war fighters are in our army? The Emperor asked Yasmin. 2.2 billion and counting, Your Excellency. Yasmin said, addressing the Emperor by his new public title. Wonderful. And what of Odin's shield? He asked about the new defense weapon that created an electric barrier around the Earth. It harnessed energy from the people in the Earth's magnetic field to generate an electric pulse. There was a node atop of every pyramid on the megacity around the world. Together they created the planetary electric grid. Odin's shield was designed to repel the menacing angelic host with all with a wall of electrons. R&D wants to flip the switch at 0400 hours, Your Excellency, she added. Confidence rating, he asked. 
It wasn't enough to tell the emperor the solution was going to work. He needed a percent to assess the confidence of the expert. 90 plus, she cringed, knowing it was really low 80s, but she curved her grade with optimism. That's a good score, the emperor replied. The team stood by for the demonstration of a new defense weapon. It was powered on, and Odin's shield lit up the night sky with crisscrossing beams of dancing purple electricity. The violent static could be heard from the ground as it deep-fried the oxygen with an electric crackle. To the bewilderment of the Empire, and the, the angelic hosts were expelled to their vessel. Triumph, the Emperor declared, knowing it was merely a minor battle and a vicious war. Nonetheless, the Imperial staff and the entourage applauded the shield's success. The Asmin, we're long overdue for an Imperial address, he told her. I concur, Your Excellency. I really have to adjust this to this title change, the Asmin mentioned. Where do you want the backdrop, she asked. I'm thinking something that screams military might. Ah, the Washington Monument. But paint it dark purple first, the emperor insisted. He provided her the HTML code, hashtag C2E5F. The last thing I need is a 550-foot tall white cock on the backdrop, Asriel said inappropriately. Notwithstanding, smiles were all around, and Barney's dick is a better sight, Yasmin thought but didn't say. She long felt the Washington Monument was a testament to white supremacy, or to white male supremacy. She wanted to paint it black, but never got around to it. As the second in command in the First World Order, she could have gotten away with it. Now she considered the big purple hard-on to be a symbol for the Empire's strength. She deployed a few robots to paint the Washington Monument imperial purple. The luminous spotlights lit up the monument like a giant purple lightsaber. The ominous violent tower loomed in the dark steel sky. The ground was circled by crosses and purple imperial, imperial flags. There was a stage and a podium that bore the crest of seven violet seven-headed dragons and a winged lion like creature. Uniform military commanders flanked both sides in their illustrious imperial garments. Large battlebots stood behind them with their impressive cannons, presenting a remarkable show of force. Smaller bots stood nearby in a formation, ready to neutralize the potential threat. The crowd was in the millions and spanned to the old Capitol building over a mile away. While the world was going to hell, there had been much improvement since the FWO became the first world empire. The emperor was going to give a live address, an update on the world. Azrael and his entourage arrived. He wore a decorative black battle suit with an imperial purple theme. The purple fatigues were speckled like a leopard, and his large metal boots were like the feet of a bear. His combat helmet and visor were the head of a lion. He removed the helmet to show his handsome, disfigured face. After setting the lion's head on the podium, he raised his hand in salute as a gesture of silence. The crowd was still. Brothers and sisters and robots of the Empire, I thank you for your steadfast patience, he provided his preamble. These are troubling times for the world and the Empire. I'm proud to announce the success of Odin's shield, and we have vanquished the extraterrestrial threat that lingered in our skies. However brief, this is a mighty victory for the Empire. 
the emperor insisted. Many citizens may be thinking, what is the difference between the First World Order and the newly established First World Empire? The most notable change is the expansion of our social programs. We issued daily meal rations to every ID-carrying, jabbed citizen, the emperor boasted, but did not say the armies garnished the farmers' fields to feed the world in global famine. Additionally, the people who didn't provide proof of ID or jab were turned away or detained in the food lines. Supplying food in a famine had great leverage, and the emperor was gaining more control over the populace. We're providing free health care for all who suffered from the many perils we all experienced in the last year. We improved upon our previous jabs, the emperor said, referring to the DNA alteration Sophia added that turned it jabbed into zombies. He would never tell the public, or his staff for that matter. If anyone asked what the improvement was, he would claim the rate of efficiency increased by 5-10%. to 10%. Still, the emperor did not mention the forced jabs turned all humans in the megacities into stronger living batteries. Odin's shield needed vast sums of power to stay online, hence more people's power was siphoned into the global 13G wireless grid. Most importantly, we're sharing intelligence and technology like never before, he commenced. This was because the Empire created a single chain of command, and all intel flowed up to the Emperor. For the first time in history, men and women of all races, colors, and creeds have put aside their petty differences to unify under a single banner against a common enemy. Today, our army stands united over two and a half billion strong, he told the crowd, and they roared like legions of lions. Still, there's a mild resistance that strives to thwart our endeavor. They claim I am the Antichrist and preach on how I'm such a danger to humanity. Verily, I say unto thee, I have read the biblical book of Revelations, and yet over Christ comes back to kill everyone. If the scriptures are true, there's no one more dangerous than Yadhova, the emperor warned the camera. The scriptures say he's coming back and he's pissed, Azrael laughed. Can you blame him? He asked rhetorically. The Romans did him dirty. I know I killed scores of Christians, but they cast the first stone. Azrael insisted. Still, I stand before you this evening to claim the anti-Christian mantle and usher in a prosperous age of the First World Empire, the emperor said, throwing his hands into the air for emphasis. The lasers went in and out of Azrael's face and skull. There was no impact, just hot ionized gas traveling near the speed of light, searing through everything in its path. Azrael looked into the sky as if he saw a ghost. Then the emperor took two clumsy steps away from the podium, turned and collapsed with a heavy clunk as his armor hit the ground. Azrael! Yasmin shouted as she ran to his side. He was convulsing on his back in a battle suit. Azrael was still breathing, but he was unconscious. The emperor had a smoldering hole in his forehead, a little smaller than a dime. The wound went clean through his skull and left an exit wound of similar size. The emperor was the target of a sniper with a long-range plasma rifle. Apollyon was already on the move to counter-strike the sniper as he flew across the mall of the Capitol building. He scanned fiercely for vantage points that could be traced that could trace the trajectory of the shot. He detected movement in a bell tower of an abandoned church. Apollyon had eyes 
on the sniper. The assailant was running down the twisted stairs to flee the scene of the crime. Apollyon burst through the thick stone walls and grabbed the sniper running down the stairs by the throat. The shooter resisted and reached for an explosive device on his chest. Apollyon merely squeezed until the sniper's neck squished in his powerful mechanical palm. He secured the shooter's weapons and hauled the body and the evidence back to the security team. Back at the monument, millions of the crowd quickly became the stampede. The robot army deployed to keep the peace and control the ground and control the crowd. Somewhere in the mall, gunfire broke out and orange tracer bullets flew in the direction of the emperor and the medical staff. Two of the large battle bots repositioned themselves to provide cover of the emperor. The giant killer robots fired live rounds into the crowd, causing immense collateral damage to engage the shooters. Nine shooters were killed in action, including the sniper. Over 500 innocent people were killed and 9,000 were severely wounded in the seven-minute shootout between the terrorists and security robots. A quadcopter descended from the sky, and the Emperor was medevaced. Yasmin flew in the chopper beside him, and Apollyon patrolled the skies en route to the medical facility. Hang in there, Azriel, Yasmin said, holding his icy hand in the helicopter. Don't die unless you ordered. The Emperor did not reply. He was somewhere else entirely.